Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess. I thank you so much for joining me again today. I just want to say a special thank you because I love this time of the day. I finish working, um, you know, as the evening begins and take a time out and I, I record this uh, late in the evening and I'm so grateful uh, to have this opportunity to talk to you and to give you my feelings and and talk to you about the research I've done and I just love these podcasts so thank you so much for listening to me and making my day special um, it is an absolute honor um, so today we're going to get down to something that's very very important to me as a as, as a person, uh, it's very personal. And so if I get a little bit emotional, I apologize. But please understand that this is very, very personal to me. Um, the topic is on the Bon Jesus Basilica in Goa. Uh, I am of Goan descent, although I was never born there. And um, I, uh, I spent on many, many years researching my identity, researching journey, researching... Um, this region, given that the fact that I don't speak its language, but I, I, you know, I somewhat know a little bit of its culture, but I, I, I don't. I was never born there to grow up there and to understand. So, researching this area was was emotional to say the least, and uh, a lot of um, uh, many wounds that have not healed. And um, I needed to go back in the past, however difficult it was, and have this uh, conversation. Um, I didn't want to do this episode today because I didn't think I was ready, but I said I had to attack it and, and, and go ahead with it. So here we are. Uh, before we get into this episode, we I just want to say that the last episode, last three, four episodes, we talked about the Taj. At the end, I talked about the longitude of the Taj and and it's many monuments along the 79th longitude in India. Um, and I posted those numbers on my Facebook page, uh, Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess. Um, if you go on the Facebook page, you'll find the numbers there and a little write-up and you're most welcome to have a look at it. Um, so let's get back to the uh, Bon Jesus uh, Basilica. Um so the Portuguese controlled a huge part of the western coast of India at one point, including my ancestral uh, state of Goa. I found out later during my research that there existed several Sumerian and Israelite enclaves or trading posts uh, dating back 3,000 years. They had a lot of influence over the region we call Goa today, her heritage and her knowledge, something the Portuguese definitely would have not appreciated. Uh, did they do the same to the locals in Goa and the other Israelite communities living on the coast uh, the, uh, to do away with any real link to Jesus and his real mission, who was considered local in Goa in the 15th century. So growing up in, 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 in the Indian uh, in the Christian communities, uh, we were told very clearly in Goa, um, we were told very clearly um, that Christianity came to Goa should I say, came to India 2,000 years ago with St. Saint, Saint Thomas. And we believed it. And uh, looking back now, I'm really ashamed of it. Uh, it's disgusting. Um, and this is the story we're told. Okay, St. Thomas, uh, Saint Thomas the Saint, came to India about 55 AD. He converted people. He, com he did miracles. And the Hindus killed him. 
Okay, that's what we know. And so we were persecuted for 2,000 years by Hindus. The Hindus are bad. The Hindus are caste. You know how bad the Hindus are. And yes, uh, they killed St. Thomas, but we've been in peace. We've lived in peace for, for 2,000 years. And we've contributed to this land. And and, and uh, the church is as much of India as Hindus. Uh, the Hindus invaded, obviously, uh, to the Aryan invasion. But Christianity came as peaceful people. Uh, Yes, but of course the Hindus they invaded this land, so they don't they don't really own this land. So it is as embarrassing as anything I could tell you. But we believed it at one point. Growing up, we decided to research it, and research we did, and what we found was incredible. Uh, Saint Thomas or Thomas came. The story lies is he supposedly came in fifty five A.D. So we we asked. I asked. Do you have any proof? No, no proof. Where did he land? Oh, we think it's this village, but we're not sure. We don't have any proof. Uh, where did he stay? We don't have any proof. We think it's this land. Um, what did he build? Oh, we don't have any proof. We 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 think we think he built something. Churches. He built churches. Sorry, he they they said oh he built churches, which is a lie because uh, Saint Thomas or Thomas was a Hebrew. He was not a a Christian. Uh, Christianity started only in three hundred and twenty three A.D. So he definitely didn't build any churches. Did he write anything? Do we have any proof? No, nope. no proof. Uh, how? Where did he live? No idea. We think he lived here. We believe, but we don't have any proof. Um, where did he die? Well, somewhere in Madras. Um, he went to evangelize, and he uh, somewhere in Madras. He he died, which is not today Chennai. Oh, okay. And they build a church on top of his his tomb. Okay. Who killed him? Oh, well, the Hindus killed him. Are you sure? Of course we're sure. We're sure the Hindus killed him. Well, that's exactly what Christianity told us for 2,000 years, apparently, ever since I grew up. And I'm ashamed to say that I actually believed it, but it's a farce, to say the least. You don't know when he came. You don't know where he landed. You don't know where he stayed. You don't know what he built. You have no proof of what he wrote. You have no proof of his existence in India, but you know the Hindus killed him. Try telling that to someone who's educated and see if he'll believe you. Or he'd probably tell you to go beat it somewhere else and go smoke your bad pedophile grass somewhere else but you can't tell that to the um you know victimhood church so the bulk now the bulk of indian christianity starts with the portuguese empire now there would have been traders there would have been merchants there would have been nomads there would have been refugees coming from from the arabian peninsula and from the arabian regions towards the Indian subcontinent and they came as refugees to, to the Indian subcontinent and amalgamated with the tribes over here, the people over here. Plenty must have come, but the bulk of the Christian power and the force behind Christianity in India came with the Portuguese in 1498 and was consolidated in 1510 AD. But the currents of the violence still run in our blood today and have not died down. The trauma caused by this very dark past, the silence of the current day church and the political authorities to unearth the issues that have plagued us historically, whether by the Portuguese or events that happened even before their arrival, is deafening. The traumatic currents that have left us vulnerable to these modern ail ailments and transgressions. Uh, there is a very dark past hidden somewhere in the Goan soul and plenty of skeletons 
to deal with. The fact that the part of the secret of Jesus and his real mission lies buried in the walls of time along the western Indian coast is beyond any doubt. Alcoholism is a favorite method for venting our trauma in Goa, which would speak volumes of the pain that we have carried for centuries. So I researched and found recently an article on an Indian website called Kaleidoscope.in. And I was looking for Goa. What did I find? Goa has not only Christian and Hindu past, Goa has a Hebrew past. That means most people in Goa today have got Hebrew roots. That means some ancestor was a Hebrew somewhere down the line. Uh, and and came as waves and waves into on the Indian subcontinent all along the Western India coast. And that's why I have many Hebrew communities all the way from Surat, from uh, Gujarat, all the way down to... Um, Maharashtra along the Maharashtra coast, uh, Goa, Kerala, Cochin, and uh, Karnataka. Now, in this article on the on the on the kaleidoscope, uh, it describes in brief Goa. Uh, just before we go to the article, uh, it describes a time in old Goa then called Goa Kapatna. Okay, so Goa Kapatna, not far from the capital Panaji, is a town called a region called Vela. It lies in South Goa, and in this in this region lies a 16th century church called Saint Augustine, of which only the tower remains standing. It is not far from the Basilica of Bon Jesus, where the remains of the Portuguese uh, of the church of Bon Jesus lie, and where the remains of Saint Francis of Assisi lay entombed as a relic of cat. Catholic Roman Catholic feudalism. However, nearby the ruins of the St. Augustine Church and skeletons of another very dark past and painful past, um, there lies um, the ruins of this complex uh, lie which have proof to show that there's a Hebrew community that lived here at one point of time. The area was abandoned by the Portuguese after its colonization. Why? We are not sure, either by the Inquisition of Goa or a later malaria epidemic that destroyed the local population of about 500,000 people. The region sits on the seafront, therefore an important port for trade and commerce. The landmark is now controlled by the Archaeological Survey of India, the above article says there's no way that this site and ruins actually belong to the Portuguese. Why? Well, I'm going to state the reasons and I'll tell you and you'll see why that this region of Vela Goa, where the the, um, the old remains of the Church of St. Francis of Assisi, very close to the Basilica de Bon Jesus, lie, um, is not Portuguese. The construction material for this complex came from Bijapur, an area inland controlled by another Hindu empire. So they had come from prior time period that was friendly with the Hebrews. Carvings are not typical of Christianity, but of Hebrews. Remnants of the wall paintings match the Ethiopian Jewish uh, origin and still used in Ethiopia. An ancient mikveh was found. A mikveh is a small bath used for ritual cleansing prior to entering a synagogue. That is very important to note. Next to the church of, of St. Francis of Assisi, there was a mikveh found. That is 
typical, typical, typical Hebrew. So what is a Hebrew mikwe doing, doing near a church? Now, there was a bell placed on top of the Church of St. Lady of Immaculate Conception in Panagi. And that seems, excuse me, <coughs> that seems to have uh, originated from the St. Augustine complex, uh, formerly the Church of Our Lady of Grace and sent to the lighthouse in Aguadagua. Um, it was also used as the bell of inquisition and was used for the auto da fe or act of faith to be declared by every new convert and Christians of that region. One of the most famous Jews to die in this region was Garcia de Orta, a Portuguese Renaissance uh, Sephardi Jewish physician, uh, herbalist and naturalist who converted to Christianity. Um, there were many Hebrews now during the Portuguese time who were, con who were forced to convert to Christianity. And a lot of them became uh, crypto-Jews or crypto-Christians. That means they practiced Judaism, their Hebrew faith, in, uh, in secret. Uh, so if they practiced, if the, if the Hebrews were persecuted in Goa, then when they landed in, when the Portuguese landed in Cochin, they would have they would have done the same thing for the Hebrew community in Kerala because there were Hebrews there, okay? We have uh, Hebrews in Cochin um, living to, near the Muslims and uh, the Christians and the Hindus. A lot of those Christian communities in Cochin were once upon a time Hebrew communities. Did the church and annihilate the entire Israelite community and make sure there was no proof of the apostles of Christ and his real mission, that way the church and the establishment would be safe. The Inquisition, the Portuguese Inquisition, was so bad that the revolt of the local communities made almost made the Portuguese lose their empire. Um, so, Indian Christians were thought that Hindus persecuted early Christians. As I like to say, every time you point the fingers at others, you show them a mirror image of who you are. Why did St. Thomas come to India? And was Jesus really about evangelizing the planet? Joining the dots and connecting with the ancient Hebrew ancestors was probably his mission. He got used, his legacy twisted 2,000 years later. They still do not have the courage to say it aloud, but fall in the trap of the same establishment politics over and over. So through my research, I started realizing that there's not much Hebrew archaeology on, on the subcontinent. For a group of people who have been here for 3,000 years on the subcontinent, there's precious little left behind to tell a story. How many Hebrews were here at one time? How many synagogues did they have? Where were they concentrated? And were they all along the western India coast? In 1568, Pardesi Jews built a Pardesi synagogue in Cochin in what is now called the Indian city of Eranakulam. Land was given to them by the Raja of Kochi. The original synagogue was built in the 4th century um, when the Jews played a great role in trade commerce along the western India coast. This is the oldest synagogue on the west India coast. Not possible is my first reaction. So let's take a t closer look. When I was young, I used to go to Goa for my summer and midterm school breaks with my grandparents. Three or four weeks maximum. 
sometimes three, sometimes four. And my grandparents were very religious, like most people of their generation. They could, uh, they would go to the church on Sunday mornings in my ancestral village where I came from, like most Goans. Uh, but they spoke the local language and I did not. And so the services in church, I could not understand because I didn't speak Konkani. So I used to, used to sit in church, you know, my grandparents and go off to sleep because I was bored to hell. Um, other times I would just stare at the roof and the ornate architecture of the church. You see, Goan churches are very ornately decorated in ancient Portuguese art. Now, in most parts of India, they do not have this, but Portuguese art is completely different from from British churches, Anglican churches, and so there's there's a difference in the in the um, in the ornate um, architecture and and the artwork inside the church. Um, that was really the only reason I like going to church in Goa. But besides that, I didn't understand anything else. Definitely not. I never liked going for the theological service. So while exploring the layers of Baroque architecture, I noticed that in most Goan churches, along the cylindrical body of the church, there were mezzanine floors. I used to ask my grandparents what they were there for, and they had no idea. Sometimes they would throw in that they were built for people, for seating of people who came late and could not find seats below. I was not buying it. My mother once said that it was the choir who sang from above. I would think to myself that members of the choir stood in one place, not along the cylindrical aisle of the church in the rafters. Nothing made sense to me. So I went along my way and never thought about it. No one ever was allowed to go upstairs. Then recently, I was watching a documentary on YouTube, and they were talking about Orthodox Jews, and the cameras took us into the Orthodox Jewish synagogue. I gasped and saw some mezzanine floors, the same floors that I saw in the churches in Goa. I was speechless for a while. The, I knew it. I knew the answer to that. The Orthodox Jewish women still till today are not allowed to sit with the men in the synagogue. They had to sit on the mezzanine floors on either side. Some things that Muslims still do till, do till today until until right now. Men and women are not allowed to sit together. I repeat, this is only Orthodox Judaism. So when the Portuguese came to the Western India coast, the Hebrews would have been around for 2200 years at that point. Their numbers would have swelled to a great might. Refugees from other Israelite tribes would have made the Western Indian coast home, especially given that Islam had taken over the Middle East and parts of Europe. This means synagogues would have sprung up all around the place in the west, on the Western coast. However, like today, all the places of worship or any other places of gathering would have had to respect an important rule of Hebrew law. Women and men do not sit together, they sit separately on mezzanine floors, where the women sat above and the men below. Knowing their mercantile abilities, the Israelites would have been very, very rich and powerful. Um, and these churches would have been ornate, these synagogues would have been ornate. Uh, when the Portuguese took over Goa, after forming alliances with local Hindus, um, um, in the beginning, the Israelite communities would have become the establishment. 
So by the time the Portuguese came, the Israelite numbers would have swelled so much that they would have been the establishment. They would have become very corrupt with all the wealth and accumulated they accumulated and all the enemies they made through the centuries. However, their power was on the decline. Uh, through successive invasions by various empires that crisscrossed the land. When the Portuguese arrived, it would have been the last of the Hebrews. Um, it could have been the last of the Hebrews in what is known as the Indian state of Goa. The Goan Hebrews would have been converted by force to Christianity, just like in Portugal, and some fled for greener pastures on the subcontinent. 450 years later, and maybe more, we have completely forgotten the past. The abandoned synagogues would have easily been converted to churches in and today in Goa. Um, you can throw a stone in Goa and you will come across a church or a chapel or a cross. The mezzanine floors in our churches are empty today because everyone sits together. However... By telling us about the past, it would have been great to balance our currents. Don't expect that anytime soon from the church. That is why there is no Hebrew architecture in Goa or along the western coast. Even the churches built after the Portuguese arrived would have been built in the same synagogue style. Changing the label on the top, rebranding it, did not necessarily mean changing the mentality of the people below. So... The mentality, the Hebrew mentality remained, the orthodox Hebrew mentality, and all they did was change the label on the top and made us Christians. So take a look at some of the synagogues in Mumbai built in the 19th century by Baghdadi Jewish refugees. Uh, the Knesset Ilyahu, the Beni Israel, built um, in, in Bombay, in Mumbai. The Bet El Synagogue in Kolkata, West Bengal, and the Magdan David Synagogue. The upper mezzanine floors resemble the churches in Goa. Any coincidence, fellows? So all these churches in Goa at one time were synagogues. Trace the churches. If you see churches with mezzanine floors along the cylindrical aisles, they one time have been a synagogue. Um... It is very important to note that in early churches, segregation in men and women were a norm to maintain the chastity and modesty, very much like the, the, the Hebrews. The church seating was separate to segregate the sexes. If one looks at the two sets of pews in church, even today, the origin of that seating arrangement, where men and women were on either side. This Did that go so far as men seated below and women in the mezzanine flows? Well, the Basilica de Notre Dame in, in Montreal has the same mezzanine structural seating. How easy was it for the Portuguese to take over Hebrew infrastructure in the 16th century and on the eastern coast of Goa? Now, there is something else that the Hebrews would have constructed um, that is very important uh, to say. If there was any Hebrew community anywhere in the world, and especially in Goa, there would have been a Bet Din. A Bet Din means a court. That means whenever there's a Hebrew community, they'll have a synagogue to pray. If there's a synagogue, that means there are, uh, there are rabbis, that means preachers. If there are rabbis, that means there are um, there is a law, there is a community. And community means there has to be law, Jewish law. And the Jewish law is only 
regulated through Jewish courts, and the Jewish court is called a bed din. So there has to be a bed din somewhere where there is a Hebrew community. A bed din is a Hebrew house of judgment, and like a municipal court in Israelite days. Uh, it is from here that Islam gets its version of Sharia courts. A bed din is run by many rabbis. So what happened to these bed deans? Where did they disappear? There were so many Hebrews. In Roman times, a bed din or a municipal court for law or just a gathering is called a basilica. So after the Roman courts, the Roman Empire became Christian. All the basilicas, which were courts in the Roman Empire, were rebranded as churches and or cathedrals. So if you go to Europe, you go anywhere in Europe and you see a basilica. At one time, these basilicas were courts, a Roman court, just like any other court. Wherever you see the priest, the priest saying it's his mass at the altar, that altar was the place where the, the judge would sit in a basilica. That was then removed um, and then became a church. And in Hebrew, these basilicas, these courts, as in Christian times, the Roman times, these courts were called bet deans. After, now the biggest one, biggest basilica in Goa, there are basilicas in Goa, and that basilica is Bon Jesus. Okay, so the Bon Jesus is a basilica, and it uses the word basilica because at one time it could have been a court. Now, if the Bon Jesus basilica is near the St. Augustine um, church in, in Panaji, it's very close, and the St. Augustine church has a mikwe. We found a mikwe at that church. A mikwe is a Hebrew uh, bath, a ritual bath. That means at one time there was a community, a Hebrew community over here. If there's a Hebrew community over here who used mikveh, that means there was a Hebrew synagogue. If there was a Hebrew synagogue, that means there were rabbis. If there are rabbis, that there's definitely a court. If there's a court where it, there's a beddin, that court is called a beddin in Hebrew times. So where is that court? Where is the court, the basilica, or sorry, the court of the Hebrews? It can't have disappeared. It's only 500 years the Portuguese were there. We can find remnants and archaeological uh, leftovers from 1,000, 2,000 years. Why couldn't we find a 500 years? How did all the Hebrew uh, architecture disappear? It could not have unless it was rebranded into Christian monuments. So... The biggest one in Goa is the famous Basilica de Bon Jesus. Google the Basilica and you will see one thing, mezzanine floors. Construction started in 1594 AD and consecrated in 1604, that's 11 years. Now in Goa, there are four months of monsoons between June to September, which means no construction. The only work that goes on is agriculture and rice paddy. Um, sorry. Agriculture like rice, even fishing, a main staple food of Goan economy, comes to a near standstill. Thus, eight months a year, 11 years, gives us 88 months. This means that the church was built in approximately seven and a half years. Now, it's not impossible to do, but too close for comfort. 
given the tools available at that time. You cannot build a church, a huge basilica, like the Bon Jesus, in seven and a half years. So there is a high probability that the monument was already standing and they all they had to do was rebrand the structure into a Christian basilica. It uh, Attached to the basilica is the professed house of the Jesuits. It predates the basilica from 1585. This shows that the basilica had a strong chance of being recycled from a previous structure. Today it houses the relics of St. Francis Xavier, 16th century Christian missionary. Thousands of tourists throng to the basilica, but do they know what lies beneath the label of the basilica? Now, across the street is the Say Cathedral dedicated to St. Catherine of Alexandria, whose feast day is 1510. Um, in 1510 uh, uh, was an Alfonso was uh, the, the year the Alfonso the Albuquerque defeated a Muslim army and took over the possession of the city of Goa. It was built in 16, uh, 1562 to 1619 and consecrated in 1640. Little more than twice the size of the Bon Jesus Cathedral or Basilica, but 57 years to build in total. But, however, the basilica took only 11 years to complete, and that's four times less. So why the difference in time between the monuments? The basilica stands at 75 feet wide and 78 degrees tall. The Say Cathedral is 181 uh, feet wide um, and 115 feet, sorry, and 115 feet tall. More important, what lies in the vicinity of the basilica is the ruins of the Saint Augustine Church, like I mentioned, the bell tower, and the mikveh, a ritual Hebrew bath. Um, this only means that there were Hebrews in the vicinities. Um, so. We are talking about a very important point here. The Hebrews were in this part of, of the world on the Western Indian coast. The Hebrews were in Goa. We have proof that it's there in Goa, uh, but all their monuments have disappeared. Where have they disappeared? We don't know where they've disappeared. Or did they really disappear? Have they just been rebranded and their people forced to be converted to Christianity? It's more like the latter than the former. Of those people are descendants who call themselves Christian today. So somewhere up the line, we all have Hebrew roots. Uh, we came in waves and waves and waves and amalgamated in the Indian subcontinent. Some aligned and became Hindus. Some aligned, remained uh, Hebrews, and then they were slowly converted by Christianity. So um, it's a past that I was really struck to to. To learn but anyway it is what it is and um, we're going to stop at this particular point now we'll continue this in the next chapter uh, I hope you've taken some notes and um, and try and understand what we are trying to say we're trying to find the roots and of the Basilica de Bon Jesus and which community um, lived here or was called Goan or was part of the Goan landscape uh, prior to 1538, uh, sorry, 1498 before the Portuguese arrived. So for now, we'll take a break. Thank you so much for joining us. You have yourself a great day.